Welcome back. Today's episode is all about the strip club. Enjoy nearly two hours of myself and another retired entertainer discussing what it was like to take our clothes off for money. A lot of money. Along the way, you will learn some valuable advice that you can take to the club or apply in real life. Get a pen and paper because you may want to take notes. Did you sluts know that thehornystoner.com now sells CBD? Start your journey to healing with fruit gummies, tinctures, essential oils, and even bath bombs. All infused with grade A CBD manufactured right here in my home state of North Carolina. I take CBD before my podcast to calm my nerves and before bed for a restful night of sleep. It's available now at thehornystoner.com, and I have 10% off your first purchase with code SLUT, S-L-U-T, you know how to spell it. And if you want to try now and pay later, just use via bill at checkout. Now back to the show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so happy you're here. Well, everyone, let's welcome Jessica to the Slutrepreneur podcast. Hello, hello. How was the lovely three-hour drive (laughs) to uh, the farm? It was great. It was nice and flat, and I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, like, describe yourself to the audience, if you don't mind. So I am 32. I'm currently in Greensboro. I thought you would have been 20-something. You look so young. Well, I'll take it. I get carded all the time. I love that. I don't ever get angry when they're like, let me see your ID. (laughs) I get so angry. (laughs) But you're obviously a female, and we live in the same state. We do. Beautiful North Kakalaki. Yeah. I just told you before we started recording, my my accent's going to be strong on this (laughs) one, (laughs) y'all. So am I like what you expected? I know we've been following each other for a little bit, but I think you're even prettier in person. (laughs) (laughs) Always, people always think I have like online. I exude this huge like sexual energy, but in person, I'm just kind of a little more laid back. Yeah, you know. So people expect me to, you know, tits out. You're shorter than I thought you were. You were going to be too. We'll blame that on all the heels. Yes, I love that. Well, you are the only person in my life that has ever said that they met their partner at the strip club. Oh, yes. So I think that's super cool about us because I didn't know about you when I met you. You've right. created some art for my studio. Mm-hmm. The other the other day you reached out because you started listening to the podcast and you know we're and you you said well. I've been a I've been a stripper before. I have some good stories, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I think that's everyone's reaction. <laughs> so I just thought this would be the perfect episode for both of us to kind of walk through our journey together because it's I don't want to do it alone. You know, I was like, it'll be a lot. Yeah, you know, power in numbers for sure. I think uh, that saying, "Someone that you love is a sex worker," like it really stands true because. You don't know. Right. We're always made to feel like it's so taboo, so we have to kind of hide it. Even though, like, I don't really want to hide it. I don't feel like there was anything wrong with that point in my life. Um, right. It kind of helped me 
grow. So how do you determine when, when someone approaches you and, and is just asking stupid questions about your life? How do you know if you can open up to them about that or not? Cause I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you, that you say that because I actually had a girl message me that bought some prints today Yeah. and I was like, well, I'm, I've got to run to the, you know, to the beach for a little bit and then I'll be back later. And she's like, Oh, well, for what? And I told her I was going to be on the podcast and she was like, Oh, that's exciting. And I was like, yeah, it's a little nervous racking because we're going to talk about the fact that I used to be a dancer and she was like what with like 10 question marks like pole dancer and I was like yeah she's like oh my goodness so I think that it's more of like a vibe that you can feel Mm -hmm. from somebody that you know whether or not and then ultimately you just have to say you know what like I don't care if you're going to judge me for that portion of my life like I don't really want to be your friend or You know, yeah, Jay always says it's nice when you can start out like you can burn bridges with people that you don't want to be friends with. And from the beginning, (laughs) I think it is interesting too. I, I think lately, and even when I started the podcast, I kept using the word dancer and it's like stripper. I don't know how to put it into words. Like stripper gives you a little more street cred, but dancer is like, I'm a professional dancer. I could be a go-go dancer. So-and-so. So So it's. Depending on the person, I use different verbiage too. Yeah, I know the club that we worked in always used the word entertainer. That's they never used the word stripper. I guess they were trying to take out the taboo in it, um, build up their classy clientele. Yeah, same. So what made you? Did you have a desire to dance or strip, or did you just? have a situation where you fell into it? I actually had a situation where I fell into it. <laughs> so you fell into the strip club. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Um, I was actually in an 11 year long, uh, abusive relationship and I finally had gotten the courage up to leave. And how old were you then? I met him when I was 18 and so on my 29 ish. Yeah. I think I just turned 30. Um, is when he did finally left. And I thought at the time I still had my art business and Mm. I just fell into like a really deep depression. So I wasn't focusing on my clientele and you know, if you don't put yourself out there, people don't know that you still exist. So like I needed some money because I wasn't promoting myself like I should. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go check this club out. I can dance at night. Now, hold on, because I've, I've had quite a few people message me and say, you know, so-and-so left me. I have three kids. I feel like you can give me good advice. And that's what I always think of. I'm like, if you can't go to the club, uh, you know, start camming. And a lot of the times they're like, oh, I'm not confident enough or um, I just I couldn't do that. And I'm yeah. like, you know. Every dude has a cup of tea, you know, it's not all big titted, skinny girls. Like it is all across the rainbow of people. Absolutely. And I think like being in the club will show you that a hundred percent that you may think, you know, cause I went in with this persona. Oh, well I don't have. You know, big titties. I don't have a big ass. You know, it could make you more insecure. Absolutely. So you're going in and you're, you know, I think as women, we are already insecure to some extent. Comparing. Um, Comparing (laughs) ourselves to other women and what, you know, America says is ideal Mm -hmm. beauty. So it it can be intimidating going in there. But the great thing is, is it's almost like acting. You can go in there and you just like, I want to be this girl today. 
But what gave you that confidence to step through the door? Because I feel like that is a huge, it's like iron gates of girls who, because I I remember being little and I always wanted to be on stage. I always, regardless of what it was. And once I found my sexuality, I just always just was like, oh, if I could do anything, I'd love to be a stripper. It just seems so cool. Like, I don't know what it was about that. So I always kind of was manifesting that. Right. So the moment that opportunity came to me, I was like running towards the door with my fake ID. (laughs) But for others, you know, I am so curious as to what, like, do you remember the strength it took to get in there? Or did you, you were just like, I need the money. Like, I don't care what happens. It was definitely, um, I called my mom. And my mom was a big supporter of me. She used to dance too. So she was like, you know, you can do it. It's really, it's not as scary as you think it would be. And then I had another friend at the time that like, I'm talking to him on the way to the club and he's like, you got this, like you can do it. He had actually DJed at a club before. So the good thing was, is a lot of the people that were closest to me at that time had experience and believe it or not, I had actually never been into a club Wow. Before I stepped into there. So I had need it and really have I didn't have an expectation. Yeah. I didn't know. Like my biggest fear was do they are they gonna think I can dance? Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm doing my research, I'm YouTubing it and <laughs> you know, like what to expect when going into a club, you know, and that sort of thing. And you know, you're nervous. Um, the manager was very, very nice. You know, he was like, we're going to, you know, audition. They call it an audition. Yeah. But I think pretty much for the most part, they let just about anybody. Right. Um, Especially in. in this uh, zip code. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> like, we'll take what we we'll can take get. We'll take what we can get. So he was like, you're really pretty. He was like, well, you know, let's get up on stage, you know, for your first time. And I didn't even have an outfit. Like I literally went in like a wow. pair of panties and a bra that I had yeah. that matched. I and think that's a lot of first time strippers experiences. Like oh, you yeah. don't have to go, you don't have to invest anything. No. Like you don't. Had a pair of regular yeah. pumps that I took and like went on stage and danced two sets. And it was, I was like, I can do this. Well, let's give a little light to the audition process. I think people have this idea that, like you said, you have to go in and get on stage and dance in front of everyone. Some clubs, you don't even have to audition. Right. But I would just maybe call ahead, see if the manager's around, if they're taking new dancers before you just walk in. So what I did was I called them and asked them if they were taking uh, new dancers. And they actually gave me a date. They had me come in on a Sunday night. So it's a little bit slower Mm -hmm. on Sunday night compared to Friday night, Saturday night. Um, so they had me come in and... Did you have to do paperwork beforehand um, or was that after? It was after. Okay. And, you know, since you're considered, what do they call it, um, subcontractors, you fill okay. out all of that information and they explain to you how it works, um, like your tips that you get on stage mm-hmm. are yours, but then if you get private rooms, they give you the percentages that the house takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Do not. I can just feel started. the anger. <laughs> yeah. So at first you're like, oh, that's not too bad until you start. And it depends on the club too. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get to the private dances, but basically depending on the club, the club takes a percentage because they may not be paying you an hourly rate depending. Right. Um, so I think one club I went to, they just kind of, and you know, I was with a friend, so I had support. I couldn't imagine going in a mm-hmm. Alone. 
But they just looked us up and down and we're like, great, y'all can start at eight o'clock, you know, so you'd never know what's going to happen. Paperwork can be a process. Um, You basically have to sign your rights away if anything Mm -hmm. happens. I've heard stories about so many shootings at strip clubs, which is scary. So you kind of have to, they have to cross all their T's and dot their I's. No drugs, no drinking. Um, um, job. I think they did. They would allow us to have wine if a customer were going to buy us. We could have wine or we wow. could have something called a dancer drink. I don't even what? know if I should tell people about the dancer drinks because I'm not sure if that's... Well, if they don't know the club, then... Okay, they, there then... you go. So, <laughs> they, we had specific... Um, we had the choice and we could have a glass of wine if, if you know, the gentleman or... Mm-hmm. Um, the lady that you're sitting with wanted to buy you a drink. We could not have like shots of alcohol or anything, but we could do something. Um, there was two different drinks and it was called a dancer drink. And if you wanted to do that, it actually had no alcohol in it. And you got the money that they paid for. What? Yeah. Okay. So the hostess or not the hostess, the waitress comes yeah. by and he says, you know, she'll take a drink or, you know, yeah. I'll have a drink. And she knows to give you a non-alcoholic beverage and to put that money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was pretty nice. So some nights, you know, if I wanted to have That's a glass smart. of wine, I would have wine. But nine times out of ten, I'm like, I want the money. So, you know, we'll say it's called a sun kiss. Like, I'll have a sun kiss. And they know. I love when the waitresses can work together with the dancers because it's like a love-hate relationship. But if you can get on their good side or vice versa, it can really – there are perks to that. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely a a team team game. Yeah. Everybody's on the same page. If um, a new client comes in and he's talking to the the waitress and he's like, who's the best dancer in here? You may not be the best one, but if if you're tipping her out well, or if, if that's the or anything, you right. know, it's a you know, it's a, a mutual, <laughs> mutual beneficial relationship. Benef- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, how did you pick your stripper name? Oh, you know, it was so funny because I had this really cool name going in, and then when I told him what name I wanted, you know, because that's probably like the funnest thing is naming yourself. Oh, I can give myself a name. Mm-hmm. I told him what I wanted, and he was like, that's too hard to pronounce. You're going to have to pick something easier. And I was Two like, syllables only or yeah. something. So I was like, oh, man. What was it? Uh, Temperance, I thought, would be a pretty <laughs> name. And he was like, that's too hard to pronounce. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this whole entire time, that was my persona that I gave myself before I even got here. So now I have to pick, you know. That's hilarious. Some other random name at the floor. He's like, I got to know it before you go on stage. And I'm like, man. So I actually went with Elise. Okay. The second club I worked at, they gave us a list to choose from. Oh. So I, I went with Jamie because I always loved Britney Spears and that was her little sister. <laughs> but the, the first club I worked at, um, I don't, I called myself Kitty because mm. I loved Hello Kitty and I wore these Hello Kitty ears when I danced. Oh, I love it. <laughs> So I'm sure that was everyone's um, dream. It's very. When they saw uh, that's it. Leaves a lasting impression for sure. I want to yes. go in and see Kitty. Exactly. And I had a little trick up my sleeve with that name because <laughs> whenever you uh, whenever you sit down with a potential client, it's hard to break the ice sometimes if you're feeling them out. <clears throat> so this would happen usually when 
if they if they asked for a dance, but I would say, you want good kitty or bad kitty? Oh, there you And go. it gave them a choice, and then I had two routes to go. So if, if they wanted good kitty, it was more of like a teasing hold back. And if they wanted bad kitty, it was more like hair flips and aggressiveness. Yeah. So that was... Uh, oh, I wish I would have thought of something like that. I was I was insane. <laughs> um, so that's that's cool about the the name thing. I think, like you said, it's fun to create your own alias yeah. and be an actress, essentially. And I'm thinking back on it now, I'm like, I should have probably picked a stronger name. Or you know, it probably didn't even matter. They probably didn't even remember it at the end of the night. <laughs> Did you ever get the what's your real name? All the time. And then you give them the second fake name. Yes. <laughs> Or the, uh, if you, you know, if tip me 20 and I'll tell you, yeah. you know, you can always use any opportunity oh, yeah. to make money. But I think it's interesting. So many people want to know their real name. I'm like, are they just sparking conversation or do they really do you give a it? shit? I think they just, I think it's more of a sense of empowerment. Oh, I got a real name. She really likes me. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. So did you enjoy the day shifts or the night shifts better? There was a lot of girls that would only work day shifts. They said that they had, that's a lot of times when they had their regulars that would come in, you know, come in lunch breaks and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Because the place that I worked at, I don't know about yours, they actually served lunch. So you could come cool. in and have a buffet and chill with a dancer. I always thought the day shift clientele was easier to approach. They were more laid back. They, they didn't want to drink and get fucked up. They right. usually would just pay you to talk to them, right. which a lot of people are surprised that men. And when we say men, I mean, obviously women come to the club too in couples, but it's mostly men. Um, but they want companionship. Absolutely. And aside from the sexual aspect, there is a desire and a market for companionship, sexual or not. And that was the, I wouldn't say the easiest work because it's just as hard to mentally be there for someone, but it was the less physically um, demanding. Exactly. So to me, like when you could sit with a guy for two hours and make a few hundred bucks and not have to play your player cards, you know, it's, um, it's kind of like you're a therapist for him and it's a little bit more. It makes it a little bit more relaxing as far as the night goes. It's funny that you say the day shift because I actually preferred working. I did not like to work Friday nights or Saturday mm-hmm. nights. So I would work Monday through Thursday nights. And I did nights so that I could take care. And I put in quotation marks, mm-hmm. take care of my other business during the mm-hmm. day, which eventually it turned into that not actually happening. I wasn't able to balance sleeping all the day. Tail, sleeping all day. <laughs> So, um, so why did you not like the night shift? I already know. <laughs> I didn't like the Friday night and Saturday nights because I felt like it was like college students or people coming in there that just wanted to throw money on stage. You didn't actually crumple I, dollar bills. Yes, quarters. like I made oh. more money during the week at night. Because those yeah. are where the clients that were coming in and getting your private dances and actually wanting to sit and talk to you as opposed mm-hmm. to your weekend people that are just going in there to party and right. like flaunt some, you know, money around. I think it was more of people that came in on that. It was more of an ego trip for them to be mm-hmm. in there than it was. And that's, I just didn't, I didn't make any that's money. That's a really nights. good point. People come in there and they think, 
you're there to serve them, but they don't understand, you know, the, the customers are there to serve you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you all, you don't make any money by entertaining them for, you know, without asking for compensation. I mean, you're providing a service. Yeah. I think I remember one night and I kid you not, it was probably a Friday night. I literally worked like an eight hour shift and went home with $12. That and I was like, that was it. I was like, I'm not, truth. <laughs> I am not going to work these nights like this again. I would much rather. And I don't know if it was maybe because I carried myself a little bit differently than um, I know that the guys that came in on the weekends kind of gravitated more to the younger dancers. And I don't know if it was the way that I carried myself, if they were. I, I don't know. They just, we didn't connect and I could connect with the people that would come in during the week. Um, your businessmen, your, your older guys. I don't know. So. I, t- I told this to my mom the other day when we were, cause she, she knows the cat's out of the bag by now, but, uh, I, I told her and not to stigmatize older men, but they're just, it's easier money. Mm-hmm. And younger guys, the majority felt more entitled mm-hmm. like, Oh, well I look good. So it's going to make your job easier. Yeah. No, it's going to actually <laughs> make it harder. And you're right. an idiot for even saying that. And like, you're not going to pay me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's funny how, like whenever I'd see a, a larger older man come in, I knew, I would, you That's know, run for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice big teddy bear. Yep. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> they were always easier to talk to, I think, as well, for some reason for me. Sometimes I'd make up stories because um, me and my, my girlfriend, we danced together. So we pretended that we were in like a, a lesbian partnership and that we had cats at home to take care of. And they just, the, <laughs> our customers thought it was the funniest thing ever. You know, so great. So sometimes you can, uh, if you know, if sometimes if men feel sorry for you, they'll to be more. It just depends on the the circumstance. But again, you can say whatever you want to say. You could say you're having leg surgery in a week, and you're just here to <laughs> try to get yeah, that's exactly. trying to pay for nursing school. There whatever. you go. That's, <laughs> no, like, no, that's I just just told everybody there. <laughs> I know. I spilled everybody's uh, story. I love it. Um, what? How do you think it built your confidence just from the whole experience? Hopefully it did. It did. It actually did. And I think that when I do tell people this, I hope that they can connect with the – it's literally the biggest ego trip that you can ever imagine. To be on stage. You're going to be chilled. <laughs> And the, you know, the lights are going and the music's blaring and you're just, and I love to dance. So you're doing fun. You're literally getting paid to like party every night and work out and work out and, you know, have a drink every now and then if you want one, but just to, you know, be on stage and all of these people are watching you. Like you would think that it would be nerve wracking to some extent, but then you, when you get past that and you just realize that these people are watching you because they like you like, it's literally so empowering, and I wish that more women would understand that. You know, I have a dance, an actual traditional dance background anyways, and I was always taught same when you're... <laughs> so crazy. crazy. <laughs> when you're Thanks, Mom. Right. Thanks, classes. Mom. We appreciate it. 
your money did not go mm-hmm. go unused. So we were always taught to look to look past your audience. You still look like you're looking at your audience. Don't pretend they're naked. I don't know. No, who gave that advice. No, that's a horrible because that's definitely a creepy advice. But um, you know, you look past your audience. So the club that I worked at had um, what they called a villa, and so it had that double sided glass that you could oh, cool. you could not see in but you could see yeah. out so it was kind of like a mirror so you could see yourself yeah. on that and then um you know every now and then you want to make eye contact with somebody mm-hmm. to try to make them you crawl know, towards them. yeah <laughs> <I'm not here. laughs> but um yeah I don't know it was just it was so empowering I think if I could say that I missed anything it would be that feeling of you know, desire. I think just about everybody wants to feel desire to some extent. And like you said, with that ego trip, I I still have dreams about it. I miss it so much because there's nothing. I mean, camming was pretty similar and a little bit safer, but you hear people, you know, I I love you as as a dancer, but I wouldn't want my sister or my, my -hmm. daughter doing it. And that's to me, I think that's because there aren't any rules and safety for the dancers and if there if there were I would be having all the girls I know line up to dance because it's helping your confidence Mm -hmm. it's building a thicker skin because people are going to deny you left and right for dances people are going to fucking call you names and tell you to eat shit if they're drunk or something and you have to keep going and we are so caught up. Sorry, I'm in a rant, but we're so <laughs> caught up in this social media life where we can just block people and move on. But the strip club is as raw and real as it gets. And if you can get through that experience, you can basically get through anything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> I always said if I ever won the lottery that I would open up a dance club, a strip club, and I, I know exactly what I would do and how I can make it better yeah. and, you know... Did they give you any feeling of security? Because I know there's bouncers. Yeah, the club that I worked at was actually really good. And I think it was, I don't know if it was just, I don't know. They did a good job. Uh, We never had to walk to our car alone. We always had a bouncer that would walk out with us. And uh, when we were in the private dances, um, we had bouncers that stayed back there and they would time it and make sure <laughs> and make sure that, uh, you know, a, that you're, you're safe. And then, you know, B that, you know, you're not going over your time, okay. but, um, you know, there's been many incidents when a guy's getting too handsy, like, mm-hmm. and they will tell you if at any moment, like you ultimately have the right to walk out of that room. Like you don't, right. don't feel like because he paid you. That, you know, you owe him if he's crossing your boundaries, then you you walk away. And, and a lot of guys think a private dance entails them being able to touch or fuck you. Oh, yeah. So you get a little bit closer, um, you know, which the club that I, that I danced for, private rooms, they were allowed to touch you mm-hmm. back there. Um, but they could touch. They say that you can, we would tell them when we go back, you can touch everything that you can see. Um, some clubs I think are putting panic room, panic buttons in the rooms now, which is a huge step. Yeah. You know, sure. it's a scary world of back. <laughs> it is. So not only do you have a lot of confidence, but you also, you know, you've got to be able to stand up for yourself and, you know, can, can you recall a time someone got too handsy? Like, did it ever, was it ever memorable? Um, yeah, there was this one guy who kept trying to uh, have the bartender give me tequila shots. And, like, we would make eye contact and she would, like, 
try to like water it down. But, you know, we were right there on the bar and he was literally like watching her. I don't know if he God. knew that like, you know, we try to not do yeah. it, but like he kept buying them for me. And then like we got back there and like he kept trying to put his like mouth on my boobs and I'm like, okay. But he was already pretty, he was pretty, I think he was trying to get me drunk yeah, so that he could get back there and like take advantage but, um, yeah, and if he would, I would give them a warning if they were touching places yeah, that they shouldn't be touching. Okay, no, you behave, you know. <laughs> Don't make me tell you again. <laughs> and, of course, they enjoy that. But then, like, literally, like, okay, like, yeah. you know, I never had to walk out of a... um Okay. Out of a, out of a room. But, you know, there was one time when a guy was getting really... Um, I think it, he wasn't really as handsy, but like he was just talking to me like really, really, really dirty. And I was like, I start to feel uncomfortable. And, um, it's one of those moments where I probably should have walked out, but I didn't. I just kept going, okay, it's almost over with, you know, and relatable. Yeah. You just have those moments and then you learn from it and then you're like, okay, I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. It was, it can be tough back there because these are real people who are most of the time intoxicated. And again, I, I obviously had my boundaries, but I know there were girls at the club making more money with more open boundaries Mm -hmm. too, but it can be scary in the, in the back room. I know they're different with every club. And the first club I worked at, it was one dance for 30, which is like a minute and a half song mm-hmm. by the way they are not three minutes typical songs <laughs> yeah or two for 50 <clears throat> so I'd always try to push the two for 50 and I would explain to the customer that they would get much more time and it wouldn't be rushed yeah. anything I could say and uh they would they would say well what happens and you know in the dance room or whatever and I would say anything can happen right <laughs> I swear there must have been some of that going on at the dance club that I worked at we we actually had a hot tub where we were, oh and these girls would get, it was, um, I want to say like 700 for 30 minutes mm. or a thousand for the insane. hour. And That's just insane. Every, every time I would try to talk someone into the hot tub, they would be like, that seems really gross. Yeah. And like, or like they, showers yeah. and stuff. But the, it was, they kept it clean. I mean, yeah. literally they washed it out every single time it got used. <laughs> oh. Washed but, out um, all the fishies. <laughs> I never booked a hot tub, and I'm probably kind of glad that I never did because the whole entire time I'm thinking, like, hey, what are you saying to this dude that's getting him to drop that kind of money for 30 minutes or an hour? And then when you get up there, like, what are you doing in the hot tub for, like, 30 minutes? Well, that's my same question with champagne rooms. Did they have a champagne room, too? So for those who don't know, know, they could book 30 minutes, hour, however long, but it usually starts at 500 to 1,000. Yeah. Um, the club I worked at was very gracious and I think if it was like a thousand, the club would only take like 200, sometimes it's 50, 50, but it was a unspoken thing. If you went to the champagne room, you were fucking, Oh wow! and I was so terrified because, and I knew I was underage. I had to play it cool. And I knew like, I, that's, I would not go back there because I didn't want to be put in a situation where something could happen. 
So I, you know, two girls would go back there and share a guy sometimes. And it just, it scared me that it really did. I just, that's how I felt with the, with the, the hot tub. tub. Like, oh God, don't, don't. I had this one guy come in during lunch and he gave me his business card and he was a lawyer and he's like, you need to text me when you're here again during yeah. lunchtime and we'll do a hot tub. And I was like, oh, I never texted him because I was terrified. Like, yeah. what is, you know, and they you gotta the, put your lotion on all over again after, you know, like, right. you know, to get your makeup wet or yeah. your hair wet, like then it's just, I didn't want to do all that. And then at the same yeah. time, I didn't want to be a part of, you know, what could potentially in, <clears throat> even if you go in, I think with the intentions of being, you know, a good girl being a good girl you're you're in that moment it's kind of one of those like if you're in that moment are you gonna really i don't know it's kind of like a consent i don't, I don't really know how to explain it's it true. Like you feel yeah. pressured to do it and then you're like well and they're pressuring you to do it even without the pressure you already feel right so it's like well if i don't do you know what is that like what could that turn into so i think you know in a lot of situations the girl winds up doing something that they went in saying I'm not going to do, but to avoid a bad situation, they just did it, which is still not consensual. Yeah, I think if you tell people you've been a a stripper, they assume that you've been an escort in a sense. Like, they assume, like, even, you know, wives who don't want their husbands going there, they think the girls are there to fuck their husbands, and it's not... I'm sure it can be like that. You know, I'm sure a lot, I know a lot of the strippers would get numbers and eventually do things outside of the club. Um, but it, it's circumstantial. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, good girls in there who are just trying to pay their rent and have fun while doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's I don't scary. Yeah. I never met anybody that did anything outside like that. And I do know some of the girls would do like private dances, you know, at a hotel with like for a bachelor's yeah. party. I don't really know what that is. I still feel like that's super scary. So when you walked into the club and you had this alias persona you had on, that was just magical when you tip out and everything and pack up and leave the club, how could you describe that? I mean, for me, I would try to leave my emotions at the club, but I feel like there was this big shift in reality. Oh yeah. It's like literally walking through a curtain when you leave. Okay. This is real life. But what's the first thing on your mind when, like once you get to your car, did (sighs) you ever have like a routine when you left? I just light a cigarette. (laughs) And then I would chain smoke the whole way home. That was about a 30, 45 minute drive for me uh, in a small town at the time. So, yeah. And then just reflecting on, you know, what my ultimate goal was, and that was to make some money. So was it kind of like you either left super happy, like, ooh, you know, it was a good night, or sometimes would it be emotional if you didn't make what you wanted to make? Yeah, I can remember. It's so funny because this is actually the night that I met my fiancé. We had – they would do, like, these MMA matches where people – and they would, like, set up – I'm a little concerned that we might have worked at the same club because we had – uh, we'll have to talk. Yeah. So it was this big event. Everybody was required to come. They were pumping us up. All, you know, some of the girls that had worked, had been working there for years, always talked about, you know, the fight night. Like that's the, you know, and it was required that like, if you didn't come to the fight night, 
you didn't have a job. Like, you couldn't come back. So wow. Everybody was required to be there. It's a lot. And these girls were like, oh, you're going to bring home a bag in a night. Like, you're going to, you know, you're going to make a grand, yada, yada, yada. Like, so many people come. So I... You're making me nervous. <laughs> I actually went to the beach um, a few days before, and then I drove back the day that I had to go and work. And I didn't want to work because it was a... I want to say it was a Friday. It was either Friday or Saturday night. It was a night that I didn't normally work. So I was already like frustrated that I was working a night that I did not like to work. And we go in there and there is a shit ton of people outside. There's a shit ton of people inside and like nobody's getting dances. Nobody's just waiting. Everybody's just waiting for the fight. And then when the fight's over, they're just coming in to have a beer. Like nobody's spending money. Did you fight that night? Um, or no, no, I did not. <laughs> no, but I kept waiting for like this massive amount of like money to come in. That's a damn shame. And I kid you not, after I had to pay a house fee that night, after paying my house fee, tipping my DJ, tipping like five bouncers, I literally went home with like $50. So, wow. <laughs> that, uh. And so, you know, so you already had this momentum built up that you're going to have a really good night. You're going to bring, you know, you know, close to a grand or even, you know, a few hundred dollars, you're coming home with some money. And then to, and the guy that actually owned the business was there that night. Yeah. And he, he owns like multiple clubs. So he was there that night and he was the one that like checked us out at the end of the night. And I was like, I can't tip you guys a percentage tonight because I literally have like 50 bucks. So with tip outs, did y'all have a, could you do a flat fee or percentage? You could do a flat fee or percentage, but if they knew, isn't that crazy? How much money yeah, how, you made, how and much, you tried to like know that? give them ten, they're like they would make you feel like feel bad about it. I'm like, you make an hourly wage. I mean, hourly wage. So I never understood why. I'm sure there's a, a great reason, but I still don't understand. Like, I'm coming. I'm the one bringing in the business money. for you. Yeah, you know? like I worked for this money, mm-hmm. and then I have to turn around and give it to you. So I, w- I remember leaving that night with an exception of meeting <laughs> the guy of my dreams. Well, see, there you go. Um, it paid I was, off. <laughs> I just remember, like you know, check, you know, cashing out or whatever, and then like crying the whole way home because I was like I had you know I thought I was gonna make all this money and then you know there were so many people in here and nobody was spending money well let's talk about money when it how much were the dances um I remember it was two for 60 um probably one for 40 then yeah I'm thinking there was one for 40 and then I just never even offered that I was like you get two for 60 there you go so what was the what the club take they would take 20 Okay. And we would get 40. And then we had, like, I want to say 10 minutes was, like, 100 for 10 minutes. And then it went up from there, 15. And then, you know, and then you could always, like, book a room. We had a, a room called the villa, and then we had a mm-hmm. red room. And the red room. The red room. So what was your goal, how much you wanted to make before you left? I wanted to at least... <laughs> Make a hundred dollars. That was me too, girl. Like, let me just get a hundred dollars and I can, you know, make sense in my mind coming in here and working, you know. Yeah. So what was like a fan fucking tastic night? The best night for me was 500 in a night. And that was, that didn't happen very often. Probably, especially that town too. Yeah. Especially the town. Um, 
we were close to the airport, so that helped. We always had folks that were traveling right. that would come in. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's definitely a invigorating feeling when you can literally go in there with like 20 bucks in your wallet and come home with a few hundred. Like, I think too, what's, what I struggled with is just being able to conversate with people and kind of figure out like what it is that they want to talk about or if they like me. And I feel like usually you could tell within like the first few minutes of talking to somebody, if you were, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I would just, I wish that the guys would just be like, you know, you're not really what I'm looking for. And then I would be like, cool. Is there a girl in here that you like? And I've done that. I used to do that all the time. Like, you know, is there a girl in here that you like? I can go get her for you. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, oh, yeah, I like her over there. But, you know, some of them would just, you know, kind of give you the cold shoulder. And then you're like, okay, I got to move on. But um, definitely communicating with people was difficult, especially for somebody who's kind of like an introvert and you don't really know how to talk and you have to if you are an introvert you have to be a, an outgoing introvert and I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point because I had a, a two-minute rule if I sat down with someone and they didn't want a dance I would say look it was so nice talking to you but you know I'm only going to be here for another hour and I, I got to make my rounds I know you'll understand I'll come back on and check yeah. on you and Hey babes, we had to take a quick break during the show. My dogs, who were also in the room while we were recording, were constantly crying and whining and drinking lots of water, so that might be the little noises in the background you are experiencing, which I apologize, but we are going to jump right back into the show where we left off. So now you have to tell me how you and Bay. I know you met at fight night, but how long have you been together? What does he think about you being a dancer? Or I guess he has to accept it. <laughs> um, we met on fight night and, you know, and I think it probably goes without saying that the girls that go in there are not looking to meet their soulmate or meet a boyfriend, you know. I think that's... There's no intention. There's no intention of meeting somebody. And every time that I would go in and, like, guys would want to give me their numbers and things like that, I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But um, he came... He's actually a photographer, so he came to photograph the fight. And then he came in afterwards. And I remember it's so funny because he has long hair, so he had this thing on called a buff. And I remember to this day it was a bright orange one, and I remember seeing him walk in and I was like, man, he kind of looks like, you know, my style. I think I could communicate with him. I think I need to talk to him before I leave. Like, I first looked at him as a customer. And I'm like, I need to talk to him. And uh, I think I had worked. Uh, it wasn't long. And I tried to leave early. I remember going back to the VIP and being like, look, I haven't made any money. This is the same night that I was telling you guys earlier that I literally yeah. made like 50 bucks. So went back there and was like, can I please clock out? Like, I've literally made 50 bucks mm-hmm. tonight. And they were like, can you just stay another hour? And I was like, <laughs> can they be like, what time did you clock in? And I think it was like seven. And they were like, can you just stay another hour? And I was like, fuck. All right. Yeah, I just needed I will. To, to hang around mm-hmm. and be eye candy. Mm-hmm. They needed bodies. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to sit in the smoking section. And I'm going to chain smoke <laughs> my last hour just to make this get over with. It was so funny. And I went over there and I sat down. He was sitting uh, by himself and I asked him, I was like, you know, is anybody sitting here? And he was like, no, go ahead. And I sat down and <laughs> so funny. I'm looking for my lighter. I can't find my freaking lighter. I'm like, damn it. And I was like, can I get a light from you? I don't know where my lighter is at. So he lit my cigarette. 
we started talking and um it was more of a real conversation with him. I think because at that moment I had already like checked out mentally. I was like, that's I'm not true. here to make any more money. Like I'm literally just trying to get through this last hour. So I, and that's what I told him. I was like, you know, I'm not going to ask you to dance. Like I just, I'm trying to leave and they're telling me I got to stay for another hour. So we sat and we chatted and he showed me his Instagram and then our, he had me pull up on my phone, his Instagram. And he would, wow. and I was See, like, when I was dancing, we didn't even have Instagram right. yet, which is crazy. <laughs> And then he smoothly hit the follow button, and then he was like, oh, wait, I forgot you're not supposed to, like... I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. You know. I'll let that slide. I'll let that slide. And I really liked him because I was like, oh, he's a photographer. You know, I'm an artist. Art so scene. I was like, oh, this dude's kind of cool. I love how big your smile is right <laughs> now. It's just so a swoon. <laughs> I'm still swooning. It's been... Um, it'll be... Three years in we've met? No, two years. It was two years. In so I'm assuming y'all went on, on dates, and I won't, like, make you walk us through the whole oh, relationship. Yeah. But oh, it's so sweet. Like, the first month of hanging out with him, he invited me to go to New York on a road trip with him. Whoa. And I was like, uh, I should probably not do that. That's usually how people end up in, like, yeah. being someone's skin <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We, we communicated through Instagram for a while, and then I eventually gave him my phone number, and we were chatting and he was super cool dude and we went out a couple times for drinks and then he invited me to go on the road trip with him and I was like okay and so he took me to New York and took me to see Niagara Falls cool and we went camping so did you just stop dancing when you started seeing him or no I still danced let's see this was you make your own schedule yeah so I still danced for about another month and a half after hanging out with him and then when he realized that I was kind of – that I was the reason why I was letting my art kind of go by the wayside. And he realized that, you know, he his thing – we, you know, we talked about it multiple times. And he's like, I can't tell you not to dance because obviously I met you there. Like, but I really feel like if you would put more of your, you know, the time – and he's like, it's just not worth the money. Like, you're not really making any money. And he's like, you're not focusing on your art. And so he kind of – It was kind of like a, a group. Yeah, it was a group decision, and the reasoning, his reasoning for me to stop dancing is so that I could focus on my art. So he encouraged me. He's like, "Look, like I'm willing to like support you and financially. Like, you know, I just really think that you need this is something you have a talent. So it was more like he could see the forest through the trees, you know. But did he also express like I don't want you there, or was it? It was it ever negative? Like it was never negative now you know I can't I mean I can agree with any guy that would say this I know that it would be difficult to date somebody that is a dancer because you are you know practically naked and then especially with the private dances Mm -hmm. you're you know you're sitting on dudes laps and you're rubbing up on them and they're touching on you so I can understand where some of that jealousy would come in Mm -hmm. or maybe not even jealousy is a good word but just you know concern that you know yeah, that's your girl. You know, that's your you, girl. You're, like, yeah, you're concerned. And yeah, you want to protect them. You want to protect them, and you know, once it gets to a point in a relationship that because we started out friends for a while, we didn't even like put that label on us for a while, and we same were always like, girl. We're not gonna, I don't want a boyfriend. Oh my god, let's you know, and then it just you know, we just were inseparable. We were hanging out all the time, and. It, you so, just, it wasn't like you had you were both trying to be in a relationship, right? It was like we were the just universe like, were just 
putting you together. It really was. I never wanted to leave. He wanted me there all the time and we just, we meshed so well. I think the biggest thing is because we started out friends Mm -hmm. and we, we set our boundaries. Like we're going to be seeing each other like this. Like, I don't want to see anybody and I really don't want you to see anybody if we're going to be seeing Mm -hmm. each other in that context. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, you know, I can relate to that too. But like, we don't have to put a label on it. Yeah. Kind of situation. So he was always really supportive and, and I never felt like it was one of those situations where some girls might fall into that where they're like, Oh, I don't want you dancing because you're my girl now kind of situation. He never presented it that way. And if, even if that was like subconsciously, like some mm-hmm. of the reasoning why, like he never, he never put it that way in the way that he, like he respected that it was your job. Right. <laughs> and he knew that, you know, he knew the reason why I was in there was to get back on my feet and that sort of thing. And then it just, you know, it got to the point and he let me make that decision. Like he never was like, don't go to the club. Like, I'm not going to help you anymore if you go to the club kind of situation. And so it just eventually, I stopped going as often. And then it just kind of got to the point where I just, I didn't go back. Right. I admire any couple (laughs) that has the strength, the trust to, embrace their partner doing that thing, whether it's a woman or a male or in between. And it's a hard discussion to have. Um, it was very easy for me to not go back to it when, you know, similar situation when my partner was like, I can financially support you. You have other dreams. Right. Um, but also if you, you know, you still want to, you can, um, but then kind of falling back into camming years later, it presented the same, similar, um, circumstance where if I had to do a show, you know, I'd kind of have to tell him like, you might want to leave the house or, you know, I'm going to shut the door. It became totally polar opposite worlds because with, with camming, you know, you're still in the same room as a, as on the contrary of you going to the strip club, he's not there out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but, but it is work. So when, when you do come home with, you know, a few hundred bucks or, you know, a big check, you can kind of swallow that pain. Um, but there are a lot of, I think that could be a whole nother episode is how being in a relationship to deal with that, you know, jealousy, how to handle it. Um, yeah, because honestly, I don't know any girl that is a dancer that is in a a long-term relationship. I know they exist. I know they're out there. Right. That's but a good point. Unfortunately, I don't know anybody that is. So looking back after you transitioned in, into this relationship, was was there anything? Or what did you miss the most about, about the experience? Then, now, like what did... Oh, it's so funny that you say that because he jokes on me all the time. He's like, I think you miss being a dancer. And I'm like, well, I miss dancing. Like, I love to dance anyway. So I miss that aspect and the playing dress up part and mm. just the whole like, shovel to hear. I know. <laughs> just the whole like that ambience of it. Like, if I could go and be a go-go dancer somewhere and get that same feeling minus the private dances and having to sit on dudes laps. Like, I think I could totally do it again. (laughs) 
I do you ever dream about it like I do? Like I literally dream I am right there. Oh yeah, working. I still have my heels, and I think about just putting them on, <laughs> walking around the house, and making sure I still got it. It's and and then I think about I need to just buy me a pole and put it in my yeah. house, and maybe I'll get that mm-hmm. gratification by just you know. I was thinking about buying like a big shadow box to put my heels in, my T bar, and oh, my yeah. kitty ears, just like have a a um. A memorial or something. No, a memorial. It's so sad. So a few weeks ago, I went on Instagram and I asked my followers, I said, what would you want to ask a retired stripper? Oh my God. I love saying that I'm retired. Right. <laughs> so I'll go through these quickly um, because some of them are interesting. Uh, someone asked, is it possible when you've never danced ever to dance? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I think... You know, and that was one of the misconceptions that I had had before I started dancing with the, you know, that knowing that I had actually never stepped foot into a strip club. That you'd need to know like a full eight That you need to know like a whole routine. So yeah. at home, I've got this giant mirror and I'm like practicing in front of the mirror and I'm sweating and, you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to have some sort of like routine down before I go in here. And then I get in there and I think it just comes naturally I don't know if that's the right, you know, and then like some girls, I never was the pole girl. Like I could never. Yeah. That's some mad skills. That's a lot of energy. A lot of energy, a lot of strength. So we had such, we had girls that would do the pole and then we had girls that were like me that just kind of danced around the pole and then you do some floor work and everything. Do you think like watching YouTube videos before helped give you an idea? Yes. And I know that there's a lot of um, videos and education out there for that purpose mm-hmm. and we had you know there were some of the girls that just kind of swayed on stage and i was i was literally just about and to say that you so, don't even have to dance you could hold stand with the pole, pole. behind you yep. and slowly as slow as you can like slower the better yeah you know like why rush and then not know what to do next bop back and forth music you know lay on the ground or roll around like, yeah it's because there would be moments when I'm like, if a song came on that like I really liked, I'm like, yes, I'm gonna dance to this do one. It's gonna hair be great. Do some hair flips. And then if there was a song that I did not like came on, I would just be like, hip sway, one, two, yeah. three. <laughs> or if I was just tired, I would just get up there and just you know. And I mean, it's all in like you get into your mindset of like be sexy. And yeah, I think that's probably the biggest misconception is that girls think that yeah. they have to actually be able to quote-unquote dance. Right. And that's probably why the word stripper is better Mm -hmm. than the word dancer because of that. Did you ever fall off the pole or ever try anything? No, but it's funny that you said that because the first night I actually put on dancer stripper heels. Oh, yeah, that's a different type of fall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, walking across the floor and then I just go down. And, like, everyone's like, are you okay? So, no, not on stage. I've kicked over beers before, but I blame that on them. They shouldn't have had their beer yeah. on the stage. But Well, girls, if you're going to pick out your pair, of, your first pair of heels, I recommend just a clear pair to match every outfit. And I know there's, a, like, standard two sizes, so I'd go with the smaller instead of, like, the 8 to 10-inch yes. platforms. And mine had the little slot in the side, so I kept my money on me in my shoes because guy or customers oh, yeah. and dancers can just take your your crown royal bag of money oh, at yes. any moment. <laughs> and I personally like the the shoes that had the ankle strap because yes, I felt like I had one thousand percent way more support and 
It was so funny because I didn't dance with uh, Stripper Heels for probably the first month of dancing, and they kept going, you need it, and my feet were killing wow. me. And yeah, you like, could you just get, like, some cute boots or yeah. something. So you don't even don't even feel like you got to, like, go and spend all that money on the shoes if you're thinking about, you know, trying it out. But just at least practice walking in them because – but I think guys kind of like the way you kind of walk in them. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a struggle, but it's, it's <laughs> they, sexy. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. But when, when, I, when I actually got my pair of uh, stripper shoes, my feet felt so much better. And I just yeah. – all the girls would say that. They're like, your feet are going to feel better if you get yeah. these. And I'm like, there's no way. These things are like a lot of times. Clanking them together when yes. you're on the ground. Oh. Good t- good memories. Uh, so what this person asks, what are strip club owners like and are they respectful? Um, the club that I worked at, they were very respectful. It sounds like they yeah, were. They took care of the girls. With an exception of, you know, I don't agree with the house fees and all that other stuff, but you know. And y'all explore different clubs. You know, you don't have to work at the first one you find, you know. And you can float around too. I know a lot of girls that dance with floaters. Like, would dance at ours and then they'd go to the beach and dance and Hell so yeah. yeah y'all come out here to myrtle the dirty myrtle <laughs> make some good money all these golfers out here uh does stripping mean that you always have to get nude or is it possible to just dance i guess i guess she's asking like uh is it like do they are they always nude or is it yeah. just topless? i know maybe? some states are different than North Carolina. Now, my buddy that I mentioned earlier in the show who DJed at a club, mm-hmm. he lives in Tennessee, and he told me that they actually have to wear pasties. Oh, wow. Where he, where he was at at the time. I don't It might be different now. This has been years ago, but um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what they mean by full okay. nude. There are clubs that are full nude clubs. I've never worked at one. I've never two. worked at one of those. I've never been in one of those. I don't know that I would feel comfortable <laughs> dancing in one of the I feel like yeah those and I could be wrong so if anybody on here that's listening that works or has worked I feel like you know I feel like panties are a good boundary to it's have. a good boundary and because guys need boundaries sometimes and that those underwear sometimes is that wall and I know and those t-bars aren't even underwear and that's like nice. the standard stripper thong it's like a thong that's halfway down your ass yeah. that you could just blow oh and it gosh. would just one, one wrong move and there it is but uh, girls for, would wear two sometimes yes. and that helped so for me when I danced because I was really self-conscious like I don't even like to wear thongs on a daily you know basis so I would when they told me that I had to get down to a t-bar or a thong I was like oh my god like I don't know if I can do this so what I did is I would actually get a pair of like the lacy like booty shorts okay, and I would like have Victoria's my, Secret, yeah, and uh, so boy shorts, <laughs> right? Yes. So I would have my the two standard. pairs of thongs on, and then I would put um, the boy shorts with the lace with the booty showing, and that's what I would dance on stage with. And of course, you know, the second your first dance, you have your clothes on. Mm-hmm. Your second dance is where they call it drop the top where I, where I come from. <laughs> So second dance is where you would, would remove your top. And I still had my little lacy shorts on and my thong. Now for private dances, I would, I kind of picked and choose because they were, I mean, once you're back there, like a bouncer's not going to be like, you need to be in your thong. So yeah. like if I would fill out the guy and if I felt like there was a chance of him being disrespectful or handsy, I would keep my little lacy booty shorts on. 
And then if it was somebody that I felt comfortable with, I would get down to the phone. Did they have like a halftime where you'd have to put on like a floor length gown and walk around with t-shirts and CDs (laughs) to try to sell half price dances (laughs) at the top of the hour? Oh my God. No, but we did have that. It was something like that. Every hour, all of the dancers would have to go backstage and do this like walk around the stage and then we'd all have to walk around and then if you couldn't get it was and then or like you felt like you were like being like a like cattle. auctioned off auctioned off I'll take that one over there you know and then so you you would go around and ask if they wanted to have a dance and then if you didn't get anybody during that time but why would you want to sell a half price dance anyways like I would be I like you don't want this this isn't as good this is a scam <laughs> uh, I'll come back later <laughs> yeah so I never I, I rarely ever got any of those just partially because I didn't want to do them mm-hmm. on top of the fact that I felt like it was more pressure for the client to feel like, Oh God, I better go back there. Cause they're, they're all coming at me. Like the parade of <laughs> parade. strippers is what it felt like. It was, I used to hate it cause the music would come on and you're I like, know. damn it. Part of the job. <laughs> well, one thing I notice when I go to strip clubs now is sometimes I see, I you can tell when they're newbies, oh things, my but they'll be wearing these like, crisscross cagey things and I'm like it's taking them so long to take it off which might be a good thing because it's saving you time on stage but you want something slip on slip off because especially if you're giving a dance you need to get back out on the floor because time is money honey so slip it back on get back to work yeah you don't need anything that crisscrosses ties zips and you look cute and the other girls think you look cute, but I promise you, the guys don't. They have. <laughs> no, and, they and if you're investing in your first, like you said, don't even invest. Just use what you got. Use get some got. neon color. Just look slutty and fun and look well, excited and to work. some of these stores have really good prices on their, like, little, I remember my favorite one was, and it wasn't even mine. I borrowed it from one of my girls, um, was, like, this hot pink. Literally, when you would take it off, it would be, like, 10 inches big it just looked like a water material right. and then you would spandex <laughs> right you would throw it on and like it had like it was like a tube holes. top for your body yes <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever because i mean i want to say that she probably paid like 20 or 30 bucks yeah. for that and then like it Last looks super cute time. on but then when you go to take that bad boy off it's like whoop, it's off yeah, there, but there's always that like, you have to work with your persona. Like if you're going for dark and sexy, like get your black fishnet yes. and stuff. But if you're going for like young and quirky, like get mm-hmm. your neon and glittery, whatever, yeah. whatever floats your boat. I had a cocktail dress that I wore and I made more money in the fucking wearing dress. the fucking cocktail dress because I would sit at the bar and guys would come and talk to me and then they wouldn't even realize like, I was a I dancer. I just want you to look like a normal person. Yes. Like, I want my strippers to I look want, Yeah, because you so look like weird. a... I mean, you literally look like a lawyer or something like that. And so... Mm-hmm. And then... That's hilarious. It was really... You know, I looked really pretty in it. I felt pretty in it. And then I would sit at the bar and like guys would come up and they wouldn't even realize I was a dancer and they loved it even more because of that. So, I'm get having... you a cocktail dress, girl. <laughs> I'm just over here thinking about now when I go to the strip club, I, I want to dress like as little as possible because I'm like, I don't want to be fully clothed because I miss that experience, you know? So every now and then when we go and like, you know, I wear a little cute little tight, like bodycon dress. Like I do notice guys wondering if I'm a stripper or not, but I like that. Yeah. 
I'm like, I still got it. I still got it. You know, and he likes me. He likes watching me giving the dancers money while the other guys are looking at me. Like Uh, it's a win-win situation. See when, uh, when my fiance and I, I love to go to the strip club. Like if he asks me like, what do you want to do? And it's like, do you want to go to Carowinds? Let's go get that buffet. I'm like, let's go to the strip club. And I like to watch, because the first couple times that we went together after I stopped dancing, like, he would get dances for me. And I knew the girls, so, like, it really wasn't as sexy for me. Yeah. So, like, now, if we go to the club that I used to work at, um, I like to pay for the dances and watch him get dances. That's that's my thing. Secretly judging. Secretly <laughs> judging. And then being like, girl, I know you can do it better than that. How do you feel about couples' dances? You know, when I was a dancer, it was very Mm -hmm. intimidating because I didn't know, like, who am I supposed to give the attention to? Is it the girl or is it the guy? And I don't know. I wish now, being that couple that goes into the club, that what like I would have pursued that more because when we go, even now, and I can always tell one of the newbies, we don't get approached that much, but like we, when we go, like we have that mentality, like we are going to spend money. Girl, and we, I are wanna... li- we are living parallel lives. I can't <laughs> tell you that at least the last three times we've gone in, yeah. not approached by one girl. Not and I've money. given money to every girl on stage. When you yes. give money to a girl on stage, it's like, come, come by later. Yes. And it is literally blows my mind. Yeah. And I don't know what to say about it. That's where, that's usually where your money is. Like I set my money on the table because I'm like, it is here for you, girl. Like you're walking by and you're, you're not even like, here it is. So then you wind up having to like, you know, like just whatever we pull out, we, we make sure we spend it. Like our motto is you don't leave the club with the money that you pulled out. No, I love that. So then I'm, you know, I'm giving it to the girls on stage, but like, I want someone to come and sit with us. Like, I just want a back rub. I'm just like, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you just rub my back. Yeah. And I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you alcohol. Like, yeah. You know, or I'm going to buy you your dancer drinks. Or my favorites when they're just fun and like sitting in there talking to you. And I'm just like slowly like putting money anywhere I can find a space. And by the time they leave the table it's like i've created like an underwear of dollar bills <laughs> and they they get it they're yeah. like i will be happy to sit here and entertain you because i'm i'm not a, a i want to dance type maybe if i'm really junky monkey and i right. want just like a, a lap dance Kill one of the crazy. 15 dollar in the room yeah table dances, table dances. <laughs> i used to hate giving those man. i know um, but like i like to give those i like to get those because you know, I'm being a cheapo, but like, you know, I can do, I feel like when I do the table dances, like I'm given the opportunity to give more girls money as opposed to taking someone back there. And we will go, we will do private dances, but that's true. But you're also from the dancer's point of view, I feel like you're giving the whole room a show that's not paying for it. Yes. I used to hate. And that's why, because I'm like, I don't want these people to watch me. Like you're getting a free show. Someone asked, have you ever fallen for a customer? But we know the answer to that. Did anyone know? Did anyone try to fuck you against your will? I'm like everyone is always asked that. Um, uh, I think that that's definitely a misconception. Uh, what advice would you give to someone considering to strip? It's a good one. I would say you know don't feel like you're locked into a contract. If you want to go in, you know, if you've never been to one or you just want to go and watch. And a lot of times they'll let you, if you say that you're Mm -hmm. considering dancing, 
you know, can I come in? And that's what they offered me. Like, if you want to come in and watch and see, you know, kind of the flow, like you can do that. And then, you know, like you said, take you a shot before you go and just give it a try. And, you know, my biggest thing, like the first couple of nights that I did it, I had this, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. And then once you kind of get over your insecurities, um, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, we have money and feel good doing it. Lots of monies. We went to a strip club. I think it was a city by here one time and it was 21 and up. Like you couldn't get in unless you were um, over 21, (laughs) which I've never encountered. Maybe there are more clubs like that, but I was, I was probably 19 at the time. I wasn't dancing anymore, but I just told um, the lady at the door that I was considering to dance there. So then they were like, Oh great. You can come in and watch. (laughs) So I thought that was a funny and maybe you just need to do that to kind of get over that fear. And then you have the opportunity yeah. to talk to some of the girls that are there. No, that's a really good point. We, <laughs> since we would travel, me and my girlfriend, we would brag about it to our friends. And we had a few friends that eventually um, would go with us. And if you brought someone in, you they'd waive your house fee. So we did it as much as we can. And one girl came with us uh, one weekend and she was so all about it. But right when she got in there and had to take her bra off on stage, she yeah. was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. And they were like, that's fine. Like, just, you know, I was like, you have to sit here because we're going to stay here until 2 a.m. at yeah. work. And she ends up drinking, getting wasted. And oh, by the end of the goodness. night, she's like, I want to get on stage. I'm ready to do this. And then the owner's like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but I'll never forget no, that. No. You know who you are, girl. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, did you ever get panic attacks or do you still, well, you obviously don't do it anymore, but did you ever get a panic attack or like a anxiety attack at all? I don't no. think I ever did. I'm, I'm telling you, it's literally. I feel like, like you're more calm. Like you're, you're so more, much more calm. You walk, like I would, I'd have my bag and I'd walk in through the back door. Like it's, I can't express enough how much of an ego boost it is. I think you. in real life I get more anxious and I oh, feel yeah. like if I go to the strip club, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm finally in the underground yes. world where I'm accepted. <laughs> Did you have any like self-care routines afterwards? Cause I know if you're leaving it too and you're exhausted, oh, I mean, yeah. Um, go home, take a hot bath was one of the things that I used to do a lot. So I, I kind of, I enjoyed like coming home and like getting it all off, coming back to life. And like you said, bath, you know, eat some pizza. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Smoke it was enjoyable, enjoyable for me because I felt like I was leading a double life. Yeah. Like you have people that have no idea and you're like, when she goes out at night, she's this, you know, sexy, sultry person doing naughty things. I felt felt better than everyone else. Like going to the grocery store and and I remember like opening my wallet and it'd be like all ones (laughs) and they'd be like, oh, like you can tell, you know? You know, it's funny you say that because... I, went, I remember going to the bank, like, the first time that I had saved up a shit ton of ones, and, like, it was... And the lady Stop. was... Stop! Like, I'm oh, over here re- remembering my first time like, putting a thousand in the bank. so good, just going and, like, being, like... And yeah. you're, like, no one gave this to me. Like, like I, I fucking earned, earned it. Yeah, she, and her comment to me was, you must be a waitress. And I was, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> so, did you have any insecurities, like, as as you work, like, did you ever, like, think about your tits a lot or your oh, ass yeah. or, like, um, bruises or anything? Yeah, because 
I, my legs would bruise so bad. I'm like a peach. So anytime I did floor work, I've got these massive bruises, but they kept the lights dark. So you really couldn't tell. And then I kind of yeah. transitioned to wearing like fishnets and things like that. So you couldn't really see it. But I um, feel like someone who doesn't dance would worry about that. Like I need to put makeup or like, yeah, lo- no. and like no, like literally the last thing people are looking at, like Is people are consumed it? at the plethora. Of right. The environment everything. that's going on. Um, I was really, and I still struggle with it. Self-conscious about my chest. Love. Um, I have small boobs. So I actually went and got them pierced so that I would feel better about it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, it, like you said, there's a cup of tea for everybody there. And I remember one of the compliments that I would get all the time. And you guys are going to probably laugh when I say this. These guys would come up to me on stage and be like, you have the biggest nipples ever. And I love them. And I was like, what? Really? There's a circle of fans. I would get like, so it got to a point where like, I didn't even care. I was ready to take that off and be like, like use what you got, you you know? And I, I'm a huge fan of itty bitty titties. Like I think people want what they can't have, you know, like, I get sick and tired of, of mine. So, it, you know, I'm more drawn and attracted to a woman with a, a smaller frame. And, you know, then when you're upside down, they're not like right. gravity's yeah. not working against you. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you, you were mentioning that you had a dancing background. And a lot of the questions I'm flipping through are about, you know, how do I learn to dance? How do I do the pole stuff? And, did you ever experience like other strippers teaching you pole tricks like after hours or anything like that? Yes. So the club that I worked at had your one main stage and then it had two smaller stages, cages, cages <laughs> in the back. And when we were dead, I used to, some of these girls would just turn so gracefully and it's kind of hard to explain, you know, what I'm talking about, you know, without you seeing it, but they would do these like leg twist turns as they were going around the pole. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that looks so cool. Like, you know, they take their leg and do that. And I'd be like, I need, to, I need to learn how to do this. And so we would uh, go on the, the backstages and some of the other dancers would show me how to do that. And then um, I tried pole tricks a few times and it's definitely more for upper body strength. It's mm-hmm. something that you can't, I mean, if you can walk up in there and start doing that, like more power to you, but I don't know. There's something about the safety of the pole, you know, it's just going <laughs> to brace your fall. <laughs> but, uh, it's, I think that's what a lot of people are intimidated by is all like, they think you need to go up there and be like a freaking acrobat. No. And it's like, some clubs don't even have a pole. Well, and some of them have the pole that spins. And then I can imagine that that would be even more difficult to do a pole trick on. <laughs> wow. Uh, someone asked, what was your first lap dance? Like, I don't remember that. Oh. It was, um, it was definitely eye opening to me because, you know, again, I'd never been into a strip club before. So my whole concept on what an actual lap dance was, was, you know, what you see in movies and I get back there and I'm dancing on him and he's like, no, you don't have to do that. He was just like, just sit here and. Like, he basically just wanted me to act like I was fucking him. And that was what a lap dance was for a lot of the guys. Were the other girls nice to you? Yeah. I didn't have, we didn't have any, um, well, at least for me. Yeah. There were some other girls that had issues with each other in there, but everybody was super nice to me, but I'm pretty yeah. laid back. So I had my shoes stolen once. That was as mad I got. They're my favorite shoes. <laughs> 
Well, let's leave it on a good note. What are the five perks in your stripping career? Oh, five perks. That's a lot. You can just say say like two. (laughs) Um, Definitely the self-confidence that I got from it. Number two, um, being able to appreciate money, I think. The value. The value of a dollar. So I used to, I remember when people work in a, you know, I'd go to a restaurant and the waitress was kind of stinky and I'd be like, man, like, you know what I had to do for a dollar? Like I had to take my top off for a dollar. So the value of money and the value of, you know, tipping how important it is to tip when you go to places like that and even just tip tip a lot more like at least 20 percent. it changed my whole entire outlook on tipping so some people don't tip at all because they don't they think i'm only going to tip if they were extra good if they were anyways yeah Um, so they don't know what it's like to be working for either a waitress's minimum wage or not be working for a wage at all and solely relying on tips tips. and you got to meet bae and i got that's a neat baby. We can't podcast with you in the room. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell the Sludgepreneur fam what you're doing now, now that this, that is a past life. <laughs> so now I am a full-time artist. Um, I'm venturing into being a muralist as well. So. Well, I have a lot of space that might need yeah. some. I'm currently working <laughs> working on a huge mural in a cat cafe. So. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, so just uh, putting in all of my energy and focus on growing that and growing a brand and hey, whatever you water will grow. Being, right? That's right. Just being as creative as can be. Well, I, yeah. I definitely think you would qualify with, with the Sludgepreneur title. All right. Yeah, some, some of my guests, even though there aren't that many quite yet, uh, <laughs> some are sluts, some are entrepreneurs, but it's it's cool to talk to a fellow one who is both. Uh, right. So where can the fam find you, if you don't mind sharing your, yes. your real human self? <laughs> my real human self. My name is Jessica James. Ooh, you that's can... a sexy name. Yeah. Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> I think there is. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm going to have to compete with her, uh, her ratings for my website. But yeah, currently right now, I am working on a website Cool. And uh, right now you can find me on Instagram, uh, the artsy underscore siren. Love so, yeah. that. Well, I'm so grateful that you traveled far and wide to, to come see me finally Thank meet in person. Me. I'm so happy to meet you in person. So we're going we're gonna to go upstairs and play in the studio. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you love strippers now and have a different, um, just a different grasp on what it's really like. We're all humans. Yeah. And sex workers are people too. That's, That's right. the quote. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. I'm so happy you got to be a part of episode eight with us. Jessica and I want to do something really special for those who got to the end of this episode. All you need to do is follow us both on Instagram at Slutrepreneur and her account 
at the artsy underscore siren. And then once you've left a five-star review for the show, all you have to do is send us a screenshot that you submitted it by DMing me or email, which is slutrepreneurpodcast at gmail.com. All of these details will be linked down in the description below this episode. And that qualifies you to enter to win a custom painted piece by Jessica and also a special $50 gift card to thehornystoner.com. So make sure and enter. We will announce the winner on our next episode of the Slutrepreneur Podcast. And thank you again so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. I can't wait to see you next week. Bye.